In this episode of Himalayan Interviews, our editor Anuita Mojumdar has a conversation with Onaiza Dravu and Prachi Chha on their literary project and the challenges and joys of exploring poetry from South Asia. Unaiza Drabu and Prachi Jha, thank you for joining us for a Himal podcast. Both of you have recently started an interesting initiative called Dark Walk. Can you tell us more about it? Uh, thank you. We are both very excited to be uh, on this podcast as well. Um, so Unaiza and I started Dark um, out of a need to understand our own subcontinent a little bit better. And uh, while growing up, you know, we've read authors like Wordsworth and Keats and many other European and American writers and authors, while we knew very little um, about the writers and the thinkers and the philosophers from our own country. So uh, firstly, I think it was just uh, a desire to really understand uh, the issues, the ideas, the creations of this region a little bit better. And uh, from that interest, Dark was born, and uh, we were we were excited to share it with other people who would also be interested in uh, learning about these stories along with us. And so we put together um, a newsletter and a digital publication called Dark, which we started sending out weekly uh, to a small group of people at first, and then gradually uh, we had a bigger subscriber base. So that was the idea behind Dark to curate sort of unknown or inaccessible pieces of literature and artwork uh, from the subcontinent. Absolutely. And um, I think what's been interesting for us is that both of us read a lot and Prachi and I both read um, a lot and we always share poetry, we share artworks, we share music. And we often thought about doing this for a larger group, like a larger circle of people who had similar tastes. And I think that's sort of where our first conversations about dark took place, where we thought, could we make a group of people who have similar interests to us and send out something weekly? And we both love letters and we both love postcards. So that's why the design theme was born, because of this sense of nostalgia of sending out posts. Although we can't send physical posts all the time, we send out a digital post every week. And uh, how did these conversations uh, start? You were both studying together, were you? Uh, yes, we both uh, studied together at this um, thing called the Young India Fellowship run by Ashoka University. And it's a liberal arts fellowship. And this is where all of the conversations started because there we read a huge, we went through a whole host of subjects, right, from Shakespeare to economics to art appreciation. And it sort of was a space that catalyzes conversations like these. And that was the first time we began speaking of, um, speaking of things like this. So South Asia is, of course, extremely vast and has hundreds of uh, languages. Uh, are you finding it uh, difficult to explore uh, parts of South Asia that you are not already familiar with? I would agree a little bit because uh, uh, I think we started out with what was familiar. Hmm. So before we started curating our newsletters, we actually uh, did a lot of research and created a bank of authors and works. And uh, we found that originally we were uh, looking for or using text that was already familiar in languages that were already a little bit more familiar. Uh, but we are definitely trying and always looking to find more content in, in languages from different parts and different regions as well. 
And I think we started out with a very like strong bias towards Urdu, Hindi, Kashmiri, because that's what we knew. And then Prachi introduced Bhojpuri. But it's also been such an interesting discovery because before dark, I knew very little about Punjabi poetry. But it's a language that's semi-familiar to a Hindi speaker. So through this year, we've discovered Assamese, we've discovered Punjabi, a lot more Bengali literature. Double. Exactly. So it's um, it's been a very interesting process of discovery for us also. We have a small reader base. We don't have a huge readership, but all of our readers are very engaged and uh, very personally invested in dark, if I may say so. And they keep sending us suggestions. So a lot of our uh, suggestions for things to read in other languages, languages we're not familiar with, comes from people who read us and think we would like it. So it actually functions as this like reading group or a book club sort of, where people tell us that maybe you should read this and maybe you should write about it. So for translations, we reach out to them. For recommendations, we reach out to them. So it's a very um, intimate sort of relationship we have with the readers. And you're creating a network all through the entire subcontinent. So that's uh, really exciting. And hopefully, you will also jump into uh, Sri Lanka at some point. Uh, uh, we that would, would love be to. exciting as well. Uh, so your first language, Onaiza, is uh, Kashmiri. And uh, Prachi, you are... Uh, a Bhojpuri speaker, is that right? No, so so Maithili is, is the language that is spoken in uh, my household. But uh, to be very honest, I'm not very fluent. And mm -hmm. I'm a little ashamed to admit that uh, I actually stopped speaking Maithili, I think somewhere along the way uh, with school and, you know, gradually shifted to Hindi. Uh, but uh, that's the beauty of dark that we're also sort of rediscovering our own roots. Absolutely. No, because I mean, in, in Kashmir, for Kashmiri as a language, it's a very non-literary language. They don't, I mean, when I was in school, they didn't teach us in school. So my second language, as it were, uh, came to be Urdu, which is why I'm interested in Urdu. When I'm fluent in Urdu, I can read and write Urdu well. But it's not the same for Kashmiri. But over the year, I've actually picked up Kashmiri script. I read Kashmiri uh, very slowly now. I'm not fluent, but it's also been such a, such a personal journey with Dark uh, and Kashmiri. And apart from this exciting venture, can you tell us a little bit about what you're engaged with? Uh, what are your careers right now? What are you doing? Where are you based? Um, so, Onaiza, me, I uh, work with UNICEF as a consultant on and off. And um, I'm also working on a book that focuses on Kashmiri folklore. So it's an anthology of Kashmiri folklore. So I sort of manage my interests between the real world with my... <laughs> Uh, UNICEF job and uh, my interests. Uh, so it's, it's been an interesting past two years where I've been doing this. Um, and I work closely with a scientist uh, at CERN in Geneva, and we've set up a, an NGO called Life Lab Foundation in India. And uh, we create um, science programs for high school students where we connect them with research institutes uh, all over the world. So it's a little bit different from dark, uh, but <laughs> but in the field of education, which is, uh, which is something that I'm also very interested in. So this is really exciting collaboration because not only are you going to different parts of the subcontinent, but both of you are also separated by thousands of miles and we are having this conversation in three different countries. Yeah, it's actually, been, when, we started, uh, when we started, yeah. Onaiza, you were in Africa, right? And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I was in Delhi and, and we've somehow just made it work. It feels very much like a long distance relationship. <laughs> it really does. 
so for us today you have uh, curated uh, some amazing poetry by four women poets of the subcontinent uh, tell us something about them why did you choose these particular poets yeah i will start by, with a little incident which actually prompted us to uh, look up these women um, so when we were first uh, curating our weekly newsletter uh, we were sending it out to a very small group of people to get their feedback and to understand whether this content was interesting and after the first uh, newsletter we got a lot of uh, people writing to us saying this is wonderful this is great and one of anaisa's friends actually wrote to us saying wait there are only uh, pieces by three men in this newsletter where are the women and uh, we both realized that somehow we had curated our first newsletter and uh, we had only covered men not for any particular reason or not consciously but that's what we had done so uh, we actually consciously then decided to start looking up women and seeing uh, what they had written about because dark's focus is also on the past and so it was interesting to see that while there were many many women who have expressed their ideas throughout the years uh, throughout the past ages you know they have not been as well documented as men uh, so we sort of went on this mission to to pay conscious attention to women voices and so we started looking up women writers and authors and poets and philosophers and politicians and we came across lots of uh, different ideas and uh, these four women that we picked actually uh, seemingly very different they come from very different historical social linguistic contexts uh, but they are similar in 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 that they the experience of womanhood that they sh- they have shared or they have articulated uh, has significant relatability across time uh, so their words their voices uh, are still very relevant today and still speak to women today and so uh, that was our our reason for picking them for and connecting them and bringing them together for this absolutely i mean i feel like we've discussed this before prachi and i and uh, both of the i mean all four of them have this um, sort of ability to describe the universality of the female experience in a timeless way so you can see haba khatun's poetry from the 15th century um, you you will be able to read it now and still relate to it you can it's very similar for amrita pritam's poem that we've picked which talks of uh, self annihilation as a south asian women's first sexual experience um and all very relatable even today even in this day all four of them so i think that's how we sort of connected them picked them from four different languages um and brought them together and weaved it together in a narrative that um, talks of different feminisms across time that sounds really exciting uh, so we're going to sign off today now and listen to the two of you recite the poetry thank you so much for joining us Thank, Thank you so, you so much.